everybody and welcome to this episode of Turkish TV Time. Today we're talking about another self slash Zeytin Acha episode six, uh, where it's very sad and we get more sad, traumatic history stuff. Uh, so all in all, it wasn't my favorite episode, but we do have a lot to talk about and um, a lot of romance drama as well, I think in all of our major relationships. Nobody's having just a chill time here. <laughs> um, so I am not drinking any tea, but I wish I was. Would be nice. Yeah, I'm not drinking tea either. Sophia wishes she had a warm beverage. For she our listeners. So <laughs> she looks so cold right yeah, now. Yeah, is wearing a gigantic puffy jacket from what we <laughs> can see. So she needs some tea. Well, that's what happens when you live really high up in the Andes. <laughs> Facts. Like, um, it's not that cold, but I do like my puffy jacket. It's also a statement, you know? It helps me get out of bed when it's really cold. <laughs> as I always, for some reason, start working at like 6 a.m. Just because I like never get through my work. That's terrible. Yeah, so. that's pretty bad. Um, I'm not drinking tea. I again have pre-tea, which is a glass of water. <laughs> someday that pre-tea is someday. Gonna... Someday when I haven't already had like so many cups of tea coming into this yeah. part of the day. <laughs> Okay, so now I'm going to take us through what happened in this episode. There was a lot of jumping around, so I, I think I missed some stuff, so feel free to jump in. Okay, so we start in a flashback, as we are wont to do, and it is 1980s Izmir, and we meet a woman named Belgin, and she is coming to see her crush boyfriend guy, Kamal, and they're in a bakery, which looks really great um, in Izmir. But he just got a job in Marston and she's like, oh no, you're moving away. And he's like, no, marry me. And so we're like, oh, yay, an engagement. But no, of course, this show, it has to be painful and dramatic and terrible. So when Belgin goes home and tells her mom that she's engaged, her she slaps her and is super upset with her and basically throws her out for getting engaged before she finishes college, I guess, is the is why she's mad. But it was confusing. Then we learn that why, like, Ada's relationship with Belgin, who is his her mother, we found out, who's in the hospital with a heart attack, which we knew from last episode. So we see a little bit into Ada and Belgin's relationship when Ada was a child. And she was her teacher, and it was not a good relationship. And Ada was very close with her grandma, who we learned from the first flashback, was not a super nice person to her daughter. So it's all kind of messed up. Um, we learn the most important thing in this episode, which is that Fikretz is yoked. And <laughs> that um, he looks great with his shirt off. So yay for him. So, and Sevgi is looking for Layla because they both need to go to support Ada in Istanbul at the hospital. 
and Layla is washing Erdem's hair like he's a helpless little baby child. And they have a very long conversation where finally Layla like calls him out for how he treats her. But in the end, he basically offers her an ultimatum and says, either you can divorce me or let's run away to Greece together and start a new life. So that's in progress. Um, Ada angsts a lot about when her mom left when her dad was sick. Sevgi and Layla get to the hospital and have a long and, as far as I could tell, pointless conversation about their respective love lives. And uh, Toprak shows up. So, of course, Selim like flies into a rage, but it manages to keep himself together in front of Ada. And... Sevgi suggests bringing Zaman Bey in to help Ada with this whole situation, which Ada hates, but then it happens. So I'm not really sure what the transition was there. And there's a cat that Thikrets and Sevgi attend to named Zini. <laughs> not sure why this side story was happening, but it ends with Thikret telling his extremely sad backstory about how his mom left the family his dad uh, married a new or had a new woman in their lives and the stepmom beat him and his dad encouraged her. And then he protected his brother and then he enlisted in the military and it's never been back since. So that was just horribly depressing. And the next morning, I think he kisses Sevgi, but then she kind of just like brushes him off and they rush off or she rushes off to the hospital. So that's not really very promising on that end. And Sophia has feelings about that that I'm sure we'll get to. Um, okay, then we have Zamanve finally. And he comes to Ada's house and they have the one-on-one -on -one session, which we've been wondering how they do it. The answer to how they do it is with like little clear glass chess pieces representing the people in the constellation, I guess. And basically... We go back to the woman who was murdered by her father, Zehra, which I had completely forgotten about, was related to this family. And she was the Ada's grandma's sister. So that's where the issues started. And basically the whole thing ends with everybody hugging it out and everything's happy and fine and everything's fixed. And then um, Ada goes to see her mom and they kind of have a nice little resolution and then she dies rip and who is there on the steps of the hospital to comfort Ada is it her devoted husband Selim no it is not it's Toprak getting up in there being at the right place at the right time and he is winning and then finally or before that I guess we see Sevgi go to Fiko and he's selling the restaurant and she kind of I don't know, is like, we're going to figure it all out, buddy. But like, in a very friendship way. I don't know. Very frustrating. Then finally, there's a funeral um, for Belgian. And everybody's very sad. The end. <laughs> so now we're going to move on into the gossip slash banter slash spilling Esgi's pre-tea section. <laughs>
where would you guys like to start? Mm, let's see. Um, I was really annoyed at Sevgi, as I mentioned um, in the in our chat, just because yeah, air it out. There's so many moments when like she's like, oh, now I like Fico just like because he's shirtless and has a good body <laughs> or like because he's a nice guy, like all these things that I guess she hadn't noticed until then. But like it makes me really mad that like it seems like she's noticing now, but like after she friend zoned him unnecessarily. Um, so that made me pretty angry. Yeah, I just feel like she's really she's taking him for granted the like how good of a friend he's being to her. He literally drove her to Istanbul and is just like waiting there at her whim. And not that she owes him like sexual gratification for that or anything, but like I just feel like the way she treats him is unfair. And he like shares a very traumatic story with her and she's just like, okay. And I don't know. The whole thing is just weird. And I would like to be rooting for Sevgi, but I'm not at the moment. Yeah, I feel like they're going to get together, even though, I mean, they shouldn't. <laughs> yeah, I think so, too. Because what was that weird conversation with Layla about? If, in case the listeners couldn't tell, I don't. I watched this episode like two weeks ago, and I've like nothing to add about these small details because I <laughs> made poor decisions. I don't no, remember this conversation. Because Sevgi and Leila <laughs> in the hospital corridor have like oh, a five-minute-long conversation where yeah. nothing happens, nothing get resolved, and they are both talking about their love lives, and I just don't understand. We don't solve anything on this show. We simply yeah. add more trauma. <laughs> <laughs> also like this episode to me was kind of a useless filler episode in a lot of ways because there's Ada and she has like this really quick resolution in my opinion because it's like mm -hmm. one episode resolution to a bunch of family trauma mm -hmm. um, which I do not buy at all because um, she gets over her thing with her mom her mom gets over her thing with her own mom um she gets like she gets over her thing with her dad I don't know it's just like all I don't know I, I don't I don't buy it you you don't like this show has made a huge point of like getting over trauma like in if well I guess each trauma resolves in one episode except for Flora and our friend um Toprak who are screwed <laughs> but I don't know yeah I very much did not like his whole, of course, your mom has heart disease. Every woman in your family is heartbroken. That was not cool. Uh, yeah, that was weird. That's not factually correct either. The stupid, the stupid little, like, I don't know what they were, like little meeples, but <laughs> made of like glass. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, God. Um. Also, there's this thing, I don't, I'm sure it existed before Love is Blind, but it's like very commonly discussed on Love is Blind, which is trauma bonding, where like oh. people share their deepest trauma with each other. And then they like are fooled into thinking that they're close to each other and in love with each other. And I feel like that's what Fico was attempting to do, I guess, but it didn't work on Semke. I don't know. Erg. Also, they were building up so much to his story. Like, it seemed like he had such a big, dark secret hidden. And then, like, if this is it, like, 
he's you're like i'm not impressed <laughs> <laughs> no but he's just he hasn't talked about his mom and then all he does is talk about his mom's buddhic and like yeah. all these things so like i guess there's part of his story that they haven't told yet but it's i mean they they put that really traumatic story up there like without much particular intention i felt like because like sibki was already th- starting to feel something for him so like she didn't need that trauma to feel more for him yeah i agree and i felt like it kind of came out of nowhere like he's he's very like put together already i guess so he doesn't really have like an arc at all so him like sharing this kind of just felt like he's just like kind of bumbling along i don't know i didn't really feel it but uh I'm rooting for him. Uh, did you understand, guys understand why Belgin's mom was so mad at her and what that had to do with her dead sister? Like, I didn't really understand the connection there. Wait, was that sure. again? Why, like, Ada's grandma was so mad at her mom for getting engaged and, like, what that had to do with the murder of her sister and all of that being connected. I have to imagine it was just like, I mean, this is like not convincing, but I feel like it had to do with just like, oh, her life ended before she could even like do anything. Like she, because she was so young, and I think the, I guess the mom sees the whole marriage thing and moving to like at that point, like Madison really was like now it's a huge city, but like it was very kind of backwoods. So you know kind of throwing her life away essentially when she like has the privilege of living maybe and like being able to get an education or whatever but it's a stretch (laughs) that's the only thing I can come up with maybe that's completely wrong but I don't know (laughs) yeah it was odd what was up with the dad Kemal like I guess the implication was that he was not a good husband to her because he was away all the time yeah, he was kind of a workaholic, it seemed. But or like yeah, his it wasn't well explained, like, yeah. at all. Like, it seemed like he dragged them out there and then just, like, disappeared. But, like, was it an affair? Was it, like, yeah, like Sophia said, he's a workaholic. And, like, then why did Alda hate her mom so much for walking right. out, like, later in life? And why did she walk out? Because she implied that she yeah, had that she, reason for walking she out. She freaking died without telling her and Alda doesn't even care. I'd be so mad. I'd be like, oh my god, I regret my, my whole existence because I don't know this one <laughs> secret. <laughs> Not to be dramatic. <laughs> I mean, it's probably, like, building up, but I don't know. I feel like we're not going to get any resolution for this, and this was the resolution. No. Yes, yeah, sorry. I think, yeah. She, she's like, oh, we good because <laughs> I like stroked her as she died. <laughs> it's nonsense. <sighs> yeah, poor Ada. She should have she should have regrets. <laughs> uh, speaking mm. of love is blind, how do you guys feel about Adam's ultimatum? See what I did there. <laughs> uh- <laughs> <laughs> I really dislike him (laughs) even more than I thought was possible. (laughs) Yeah. Like, I don't know. I'm just really mad that he's like, well, now that that whole monologue about like, you always just wanted me for money. And now that there's no money, you don't want me and you don't need me. And like all of this bullshit when like he's treated her like shit, he's like cheated on her a ton. 
like he's just like really manipulating her in a very straightforward way Mm -hmm. where the only person who doesn't notice is her Mm -hmm. which made me really angry and she like still feels guilty i mean and and is gonna stay there even if it even though she like recognizes that this is Sarp's future that she's playing with which is very shitty no Sarp in this episode yeah, oh, weird. true. Excellent. I wonder where he was staying. Uh, but yeah, I agree. In a, the way, in a cage. <laughs> the way that he talked about how she had, she was the reason that he became a criminal because of her spending habits was like so yeah. ridiculous. Like if if they were in a real relationship, they could have had a conversation about it. You know. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, you're spending a lot of money. We don't have enough money to buy all the things you want. I don't know. Seems like a normal conversation to me. Agreed. Did you guys catch when Toprak and Fikret were having like the little bros night out and Toprak said that Zaman was his dad's student? Yeah. Oh, I did not catch that. I, that was yeah, a weird little wrinkle. They, I mean, yeah, I was wondering how that would become relevant, <laughs> if at all. Like, was Toprak's dad also doing this stuff? I feel like if it doesn't become relevant, then no, that's really that's like a like wasted Chekhov's gun. Yeah, gaping plot holes everywhere. <laughs> it's just like planting, like you don't something i've learned from these shows is it's not it's never a good idea to start planting small things at the end of the season like yeah. after the fall of the season when they're definitely going to become plot holes that are never going to be addressed Agreed. but it's a very it's it's happened in like most of the shows that we've reviewed on this mm-hmm. podcast yeah um what where are you guys on the Toprak, Selim, Ada love triangle situation? I'm still team. Don't pick either of these fools. I mean, yes. <laughs> Obviously, we're in real life. We're in no, don't pick either of these fools. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm not sure that's an option for the show. That's true. I don't mm. know. It's really hard to pick one of them because <laughs> I hate them both for different reasons. <laughs> Yeah, I I don't know. I prefer Toprak. I feel like he's an idiot. Like he even realizes himself that if he hadn't hit one guy, he would still have his daughter, which is a very sad realization. Like when you think about it, like he can't control his impulses and at least he acknowledges it, but it's already taken a huge toll on his life. Mm-hmm. So I wonder why he hasn't, you know, gone to therapy as we spoke about last episode. to real therapy <laughs> i mean yeah he clearly has like actual anger issues because he said that when he met zambambe which is when he was working in germany so it must have been a long time ago he uh-huh. was like yeah. trying to start a fight or something so yeah not good yep no not good at all but it's also really weird that Sevgi made Selim leave the hospital when 
Ada's mom was dying, like he could have just stayed there in the corridor. I feel like that's in the husband job description. I don't know. That was odd. Yeah. I don't know. The whole hospital thing was so weird. And then the mom just like dying all of a sudden and like waking up and coming out of consciousness and then going back into con into it was a roller coaster. <laughs> yeah, it was a real roller coaster. For a character that we don't care about at all. Don't know. Right. <laughs> Stop yanking us around. <laughs> Let us not care. <laughs> okay. And then why is Fikret selling the restaurant all of a sudden? I thought that Layla had fixed all his problems with her social media influencing. I think we went through this in the previous episode, but like how many customers can you get in Ivalik in general? <laughs> like it's not a huge market. I mean, it's I close just... enough to, it's close enough to like Istanbul and Bursa and stuff. I feel like if people were really committed followers, they could roll up for like a day trip or, or, a, week, or a short weekend getaway. <laughs> but if it's like within an hour of her posting, then that's very unrealistic. <laughs> I just feel like they've been like they showed us that his restaurant was having problems but then Layla came in so it kind of like devalues her contribution if it's like the next episode he's like I'm selling we're closed it's like what was the point of Layla discovering her influencing ability I don't know yeah I just want the Mehane to stay open that's all I want for the end of this season <laughs> I feel like everyone's personal lives are going to be absolute trash but as long as the meze are still flowing. We're good. I hope. Uh, where do you think we're going in the next episode? I have like no idea. Yeah. I don't think, I know I said last episode that I thought that Sevgi was going to get really sick and probably die, but I don't think that anymore because I feel like in an eight episode season, having two episodes dedicated to character deaths is like really morbid and depressing so hopefully she's fine she's saved now by Bilgin's sacrifice hopefully I don't know I have no idea where they're gonna take it from from here also like the therapy sessions continue to get more unbelievable so I'm like pretty soon Zalman Bey's just gonna like hug someone and know their whole family history and like tell them because <laughs> they know about themselves like ah anyway why why do all these shows why do all these shows be like this they're like they just does not doesn't hold together <laughs> until the end i think we should watch just after this idea we should watch this new did you see the new netflix turkish series that's like about a pandemic that spreads through like people talking but like not in a it's not covid it's like a linguistic illness and i'm like oh god this is gonna be this is going to be a mess. There's going to be so many inconsistencies. Right. Yeah. yeah. I've not seen that yet. What's the name of the show? I don't remember. Oh, hot. I think English is maybe hothead or hot school, something like that. Fire school. I don't know. Something like that. <laughs> I think, I think, the lead, I, think the, I think the lead from Atia lead guy might be in it. I'm not sure. I've only seen like one screenshot and then someone texted me the premise. And I was like, this sounds like, my my podcast needs to talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> Hot Skull on Netflix. 
Wow, what a name. I mean, just starting off. That's incredible. <laughs> Imagine the world was suffering a pandemic of communication where people who are infected walk around talking nonsense. How quickly would society break I, down? I'm like, isn't that isn't that what's happening? I mean, <laughs> like, how is that also, different? <laughs> watching a show like that with subtitles is just gonna be such an experience. God, the yeah, I wonder how it's gonna be how I watch it anyway we have to do it because it's gonna be fun if it's good it'll be fun if it's bad it'll be even more fun yeah <laughs> sounds great I could use some lighthearted chaos after this also chaos. <laughs> this is I'm definitely not it. the genre I tend to watch <laughs> all right any other predictions or anything else about this episode you guys want to say not really Right. Well, now we're going to move on into the history section where Sophia, the historist, is going to tell us a little bit about Muslim funerals and what to expect. Yeah, I'll enlist the help of our of Ezgi if I say anything. Oh, I'm so ignorant too, but uh, yes. <laughs> well, the, the name for the rituals that are performed, you know, after someone dies it's called janaza. I don't know if I'm pronouncing it correctly. Janaza. Gen oh, janaza. It's probably. Well, it I mean, I'm sure it's from Arabic, so it's probably. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. I'm reading different. the Arabic. Yeah. I'm not looking at particularly Turkish, but yeah. we can. We yeah. maybe. We, I can do. I don't first. think it. Uh, I don't think it'll be that different. Or yeah, at all. <laughs> but we can. We can yeah. double check. So according to the Quran and Sh and Sharia law, like Islamic law, um, a body should be buried as soon as possible. Um, and basically before it's buried, you need to do a ritual that involves cl like cleansing and shrouding the body and then um, carrying out some prayers. And the norm is for it to be done within 24 hours of the death. So there's like no sanitary issues. Um, and unless like somebody's killed in battle or there's like foul play, then you can like have the burial take a little longer and cremation is not allowed, um, in Islam. So basically what, what it entails is what I mentioned before, you have to pick up the body, um, and then enshroud it in white linen or linen cloth. And then you do a funeral prayer and then you bury the dead body in a grave and the dead person must be looking towards Mecca since that's a holy place in Islam that is like the holiest place. So everyone should be looking towards Mecca. And our friend Wikipedia has a lot of detail about each of these processes, but I think we probably don't need to go into that sort of detail <laughs> Um, but something that's interesting about these rituals is that the body is placed in the grave with no coffin. So it's just like in the enshrouded in the in the cloth and then um, buried directly in in the ground. And there's there's a grave marker that's raised so people won't walk or sit on the grave. And they're very simple because as, as you know, in Islam, there's I mean, 
images and icons and those sorts of things are, are not encouraged. So there's just like a very simple tombstone. I think we saw a few in Turkey. It's just like a little stone with the name. And in some cultures, women were or are discouraged from participating in, in the funeral procession. Um, and it's because um, the the customary way to grieve was to wail really loudly before, like before Islam. And that wasn't something that they wanted to, like, it wasn't something that after Islam was established, sorry, after Islam was established, they didn't want it to continue. And apparently there's like some spheres of like hand of soil that's like really compact and is placed to like prop up the corpse. So they put one under the head, one under the chin and one under the shoulder. And that's like a, a ritual to, I don't, I, I'm not entirely sure, but family members are part of this ritual where they prop up the person after they die. Um, <laughs> I think it's just carrying the, it's just carrying the coffin to the, like, it's like a pall bearing type of thing, isn't it? No, but this is to like actually prop the body within the grave already. Oh, well, I know that I know there's like a symbolic shoveling, like everyone will shovel mm -hmm. and the family will shovel dirt mm -hmm. like one at a time. But yeah, I guess the body does get placed just in a cloth directly. Yeah. In the, in the tomb or in the uh, grave. There's also well, the of course, is... watering that we saw in the show. There's mm -hmm. water on it. Yeah. Yeah, there's there's a few um, instructions for widows, but I don't think we need to get into that. <laughs> um, and then I'm going to go into Turkish funeral tradition. When a person dies, there's someone in the village that goes from, well, I guess this is only applies to villages, but there's a person who goes from home to home, like saying that somebody died and then people go and congregate in front of their house. Um, within minutes it says and then once the town knows or like everyone knows you need to start preparing the body for burial um, and as I mentioned in the in the previous explanation I mean um, it's important to bury the person as soon as possible and so the oh so apparently first the family members blindfold the body and tie the jaw so the deceased can rest in peace oh and then they bathe um, them with perfume soap. Then they place, they wrap them in a shroud and place them on a bed and turn them towards Mecca. And then they keep the lights on so the soul can feel at home. And they cook halva to keep the home smelling pleasant. That's true. Um, that I did not know. So basically, it's like that's what you do if you want your family member to um, be buried in accordance to islam so there's uh, apparently the burial is held during noontime prayer the grave is already dug and the coffin lies with the right side facing to mecca um it says that some families choose a natural a natural burial where they've just placed a white shroud and no coffin so apparently there are some coffins some no coffin and that there's some uh, superstitions followed after the funeral where they throw out um, the deceased shoes um, and the family members like do 
like some charity work or prayer or they donate money um in order to um ensure that their loved one is freed of their sins so yeah basically the grave markers are simple sometimes it's just a red wreath or a flag on the grave and basically it's very focused on you know reciting prayer and um there's no kind of songs or anything as there are in some other religions and there's a well there's a specific prayer called the talkin prayer but the imams like perform a series of of prayers and apparently some of of the most common foods are the halva that i mentioned previously and lokma not the turkish delight but the the fried dough and there's a, a ceremony that's held on the 52nd day after death called the Mevlid, where um there's like a there, Quran reading of there's Muhammad. also one after the 40th, there's like multiple like milestones. But yes, oh, maybe really? it's yeah, maybe it's the 52nd day, but then there's like we it's literally called the 40th, like <laughs> so it's yeah, there's a a bunch. I think there's one after the Mevlid too. Um when someone dies, it's like a whole like it's literally months of things happen. Really? Wow. <laughs> yeah. It's really hard when you're like my family, like abroad, because like if someone dies, you have like a day to get there. Um, mm -hmm. like, um, and it can sometimes it's not even feasible, but sometimes if it's like someone I know who lives in North Carolina recently had a, a family member die and they were able to delay by one day. So, so this person could get there because it was a very close family member but I've, that's very rare usually it's like you're there you're there <laughs> and then all the stuff after hopefully you have relatives that can handle that on the ground or you're going to be spending a long time um in turkey if you're even if you live abroad um or you're going to go back and forth quite a bit it's not a small source of anxiety, TBH. I'm like, oh God, there's so many things to do if anything happens. <laughs> it's interesting because it's like, it's the same in for Jewish funerals. It has to happen like as soon as possible. But then mm -hmm. Christian funerals, I think you can just delay until everybody's, it's kind of convenient event. Yeah. I mean, they don't, they douse their bodies in like chemicals, at least in the American yeah. funeral industry. Yeah. So like nothing even happens. Exactly. But like but you would think historically for the same sanitary reasons, they would have right. the same rule. I don't know. Yeah. Interesting. I think it's, yeah. they'd probably just change the rule once they started doing formaldehyde and mm -hmm. what's that called? Like, I don't know, whatever they do in six feet under that I can't. <laughs> But that's a tidbit about what um, Turkish and Islamic funerals look like. Super fun. Join us next time for when we talk about, I don't know, what's more depressing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Injured, injured puppies. <laughs> I mean, Ada's mother's death was just so unexpected. I was very surprised by everything yeah yeah not a fun Including. episode no really yeah really i mean all the episodes have been kind of a downer but yeah this is yeah <laughs> i just want the three 
main women to just like drink raka, get drunk and like have a good time. That's all yes. I want to see for the next two episodes. No, well, and I want them no. to like reject the outside world, even though Muko kind of redeemed herself in this episode slightly. Mm. Slightly. <laughs> So now we're going to move on into our favorite and final section, which is what the fuck, Sultan of Success, and Fatima's hit list. I feel like those last two are going to be pretty tough this episode, but okay. <laughs> what what the fucks do you guys have? Um, Muko's fake crying, like she's supposedly <laughs> bawling, but her face is completely dry. I love it. Yes. Pile on Muko. It's great. <laughs> Honestly, I feel like Ada didn't go in through like any stages of grief. She just immediately went to, yeah. to being like sad, which I feel like she could she like she should have been like angry that her mother didn't tell her and that like should have been more of a transition. Well, it all happened really quickly. It was like yeah, it wasn't really. But I'm glad I wouldn't have wanted this to be dragged out over multiple episodes. Yeah, true. Eski, so. do you have any? Um <laughs> no i mean i don't i don't think anything else i mean always uh always adam his existence yeah. his yeah. hold over yes um Neda, it's so gross <laughs> all right well i have a couple the child fight in the in Ada's flashback oh yeah was, was crazy so oh bad. yeah so fake they literally were just like holding hands and like shaking back and forth it was like well Oh. that also and like Belgin being able to be her teacher even though she's her mom like I don't know that wasn't allowed in my school I don't know if it's allowed in other schools I don't think so I feel like it's really something you want to avoid if you can <laughs> also what the fuck to Fico having a police light on his car that seems very out of character yeah. yeah also is there like more to that or was that just like lol this guy <laughs> it was like so out of character and it was like they yeah. were driving on an open highway there was no traffic i don't the whole thing was just weird very weird i guess Sevgi was supposed to find it charming but like i didn't think that she did i don't know no she yeah. didn't but it seemed like he said it was something that people from where he was from did which didn't make sense yeah so- yeah he was like people in other that do this all the time which <laughs> like I don't think that's true. What the fuck to Ada's childhood doll that was so precious to her? That was the creepiest thing I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. Like the being of a horse. That's, that's a good one. That is a very good one. <laughs> and then finally, I have one. I can't believe Sophia didn't notice. This is like such a Sophia thing. Um, Ada's headscarf in the funeral scene. It's like not thrown over her shoulder when she reaches for the water pitcher and then it's over her shoulder when she pours the water and then it's not over her shoulder when she hands back the water and it's like so annoying it's just like the littlest thing but clearly they shot those scenes two ways and one time her scarf was different and it was very different but I guess she was grieving so she wasn't paying attention 
happens, you know, especially on TV. Yeah. <laughs> okay, now we have to pick a Sultan of Success. Oof. Oof. I mean, in an ironic way, I kind of want to say Zaman for fixing Ada's mom while she was in a coma with having never met her, fixing her relationship with her own mother. That's pretty impressive. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, I would get behind that. No one else really. I mean, Toprak won by being the guy Ada hugged at the end, I guess. But I don't really want to give it to him. Could be. I don't think we have anything better. <laughs> so Zaman. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. okay. yeah. Then the hit list. Oh, easier. Is there anyone yeah, besides Ardem? <laughs> <laughs> um Ardem is definitely the top, but you know. The love triangle between oh. Ada, um, Tobrak and Selim. That is a good one. Just the love triangle. That love triangle needs to end. It's like way overdue. Agreed. Especially since they're like trying to redeem him. Selim. Yeah, the show's like trying to redeem him, unfortunately, which we talked about last episode. I yeah, I feel like Toprak is easily the more problematic one now that we know about his yeah. like constant anger Ooh. management problems mm-hmm. and violence. That's not good. Okay, well. <laughs> congratulations to Zaman Bey for magically therapeutically healing someone he's never met uh watch out to Erdem forever and always at the top of our list and in general the love triangle between Ada Toprak and Selim I think we're all ready for that to die uh um thank Mm -hmm. you all so much for listening and hopefully we'll have a happier episode to talk about next time for episode seven 